You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. We got Bill Goldberg on the phone. And uh, before we get started, I want to tell you that CarCast is brought to you by Dodge. Visit your visit Dodge.com or your local dealer today. And uh, Continental Belts, check out OETechnologySeries.com for those. And, uh, and Blue Chew, check out BlueChew.com, promo code CarCast. And we'll tell you more about that in a bit. All right, so I uh, hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Bill, how you doing? I'm still in a ham coma. <laughs> uh, I hear you, man. I I was uh, out visiting my mom, visiting my brother. My brother's a chef, so he goes huh. kind of all out. And, uh, and I've just been running and rowing and hitting the gym ever since. Yeah, you know, I could have used your brother. I uh, made my traditional attempt at a deep-fried turkey, and I uh, left it in, I think, three or four minutes too long, and uh, it turned out a little a little burnt. Just a little so, crispy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little, a little is quite the understatement. So, uh, yeah, one one bite of that in the trash got its uh, got its Thanksgiving dinner immediately from me. So oh, thank wow. God for honey. Thank God for honey baked ham. <laughs> I was going to say, why'd you pick the ham? And now we know why. <laughs> now we know why. That was yeah. So wait, so, but you basically live with a bunch of animals all over the, you know, do they eat the burnt turkey? No, man, I'm not going to do that. I got to feed them like the utmost uh, <laughs> top quality dog food and horse food and cat food and goat food. I can't go for the Right. Oh, man, I, no, it was, uh, you literally... If I would have dropped it, it would have turned to the dust. Oh man, the frying the frying the turkey thing is a tough thing. I think um, I haven't done it yet, but my uh... it's actually not. It's pretty simple. You know, you prepare the turkey, you make sure it's completely defrosted, you drop it in the oil, and three point five minutes later per pound, you got a beautiful turkey. Except for I think I went for like three point nine minutes per pound, and eh, I was playing basketball with Gage and forgotten uh hey the rest is history yeah all right well at least you had some ham <laughs> yeah well yeah nice and kosher ham oh anyway. man we got the la uh we got la auto show happening this week i want to get into all that stuff but real quick before we do uh did we see the season finale of knife or death yeah man you know it was uh it, it, it was it was pretty cool man um our goal was to get people on that show that, you know, are, are great athletes. That they know enough about the blade to go through like a whirling dervish, and that's what we got. You know, the, the winner, the grand champion, was uh, truly one to represent Knife or Death Season 2. He kicked ass completely. Nice. And, uh, you know, it was, it was cool, man. We got another season coming right up. So, All right. So you're going to get third season, season three. Let's keep Season it going. Three, man. Love it. All right. So LA Auto Show. We got a lot of stuff going on. Um uh pretty exciting stuff. Uh 
before we get into that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Continental. When you're under the hood, ever notice how often you see Continental belts? Yeah, probably a lot. There's a reason for that. Continental is one of the world's largest original equipment suppliers for the automotive industry. Automakers around the world insist on Continental for original equipment belts. The U.S. Big Three, BMW, VW, over 30% of all new vehicles sold in North America. You know what that says? It says Continental knows OE because they are OE. Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V belts for the automotive aftermarket are precision engineered for perfect fit, form, and function with a true OE pedigree. They're the belts engines already know, so you can confidently spec Continental's Multi-V belts. There's one for 98% of the vehicles on the road today. You might not know it, but Continental is also a leader in automotive technology Electronic components for things like autonomous driving and accident-free zones. That focus on innovation is in every product they make, including OE Technology Series aftermarket belts. Visit OETechnologySeries.com. All right. Those guys are innovative in technology, and technology is the theme this year by far with uh, with the cars at the uh, coming out the LA Auto Show. The show... Opens uh, this Friday, I believe, uh, and it stays open for a while, like 10 days or something like that. They try to get a couple of good weekends in there. Um, and if you're shopping for a car, it's a good way to go around and uh, and and kick the tires a little bit on these things without getting the, the pressure and the hassle of, of some salesman trying to, trying to hound you a bit. Um, uh, so it's still a pretty good show, and I enjoy going to it. It is interesting how we've talked in the past about how more and more car manufacturers are sort of stepping away from the auto shows and debuting some of their cars at like Rensport and and Monterey and and different events all around, even E3 with Forza Motorsport. Uh, but by and large, this is still a good show to go and check out, and uh, you can really want to uh, – you can sort of cross shop cars. You can go from booth to booth. You can jump over from from Ford to Lincoln to GM to Range Rover and all that stuff. So this week is sort of all the press previews. They do events during the day and at night, and they do whatever they can to get the media in there to say, hey, check out this new car, see what we're doing, and uh, they've got a handful of things. So we're in the studio today on a Tuesday morning, so we're, I'm only a couple of events in so far. Maybe we'll touch on it more next week. Um, and I'm sure uh, our resident car nerd, super nerd, Alistair Weaver, will have a lot to say when he comes back into the studio. He can break things down for us. But recently, I swung by two uh, events. The first one I swung by yesterday was for the Bentley Continental GT Convertible. The Bentley Continental was never really on my radar as, I don't know, it just seemed... It seemed big. It didn't seem sporty enough. In the world of big two-door coupes, like full-size two-door coupes, S-Class Coupe, uh, BMW 6 Series, the Continental just kind of seemed, let's face it, a little douchey to me. <laughs> um, the, word, the word bulbous comes to mind. Yeah, it was kind of odd. Like It was very roundish, and, and it seemed big, and it just seemed kind of heavy and and a little too soft, you know. And I guess they were kind of going after like Rolls Royce Wraith, but but the, I just think the Rolls Royce is is a little bit different 
kind of beast. Like that is a great riding touring car, even though it's a big two door. And uh, I like what 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 Bentley's doing now. Bentley is taking their Continental GT. And they're upping the performance game of this thing. So I went and I saw the coupe and the convertible, which they debuted. And it is a good-looking car. And certainly on how the does, inside. How does it differ, how does it differ um, aesthetically than, than the past words? Well, <clears throat> you'll see that the lines are it's, – it's a similar look. But the lines and uh, the design elements that they put in and the certain creases in the hood and the front fenders and and the the light treatment and even some of the pictures that I took and, and sent around don't really do it justice. You get the you see the profile of that car, especially the coupe, and man, it's it's a good looking car. And uh they've um they've put it on a little bit of a diet. There's about a twenty percent lighter uh it's 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 about twenty percent lighter that the the body of the car, the unibody, if you will, um, all the 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 steel and everything's about twenty percent lighter, but it's about five percent stiffer. So again, they're going for a little bit more performance. It still has a six liter twin turbo W twelve. It's six hundred and twenty six horsepower and six hundred and sixty four pound feet of torque. So the coupe and the convertible are the same. And uh, I believe the convertible, 0 to 60 in 3.7 seconds with a top speed of 207. That's fantastic. Over 200 miles an hour with the convertible. Usually they bring that down because the top will blow off. But somehow they got this thing to stay on. Um, But a cool feature in it is in the center section of the dash – there's a giant screen, uh, a 12.3-inch touchscreen. Um, what's neat about it, though, is we have to have that now for the navigation and the entertainment system and all the cars have it, but it kind of contradicts the classic styling of the Continental GT, of the Bentleys. So there's a button on the dash that when you hit it, it spins the entire screen backwards, and it displays three gorgeous analog gauges mounted on the wood veneer. And if you don't even want that, when you shut the car down, it'll actually spin a third time. It's it's a triangle shape, so there's three sides to it. And the third one is just the wood veneer, nothing on it. No screen, no gauges, nothing, just a blank out plate. So it's it's a kind of a neat little deal. It's uh it really it really looks good. I, I think I posted maybe a little like, video of it. Sounds like Ring, Ring Brothers' attention to detail. It, you know, it does. It's kind of interesting how, you know, look, uh, Adam Carolla's got an Aston Martin DB9, you know, 20 feet away from me. That car's only got like 6,000 miles on it. And uh, uh, within 3,000 miles, that pop-up screen up on the dash stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and I don't know what they I don't like I guess I guess uh, Aston Martin used some sort of like almost like a rubber band and it was almost like a little belt driven kind of screen pop up and I guess they just stretch or break or whatever like it was a terrible design and just they all just seem to break right away the car's got no miles on it and that screen I've never seen that screen up I've never seen it work <laughs> so uh, uh, it's that was back in like 2005. So now 
now every car has some sort of like vents that open and screen that moves. And you're right. It's starting to show up in all of the aftermarket, right? Like, like you, you know, a Ring Brothers car or uh, there's a, a, a couple of them over at, uh, at SEMA where, you know, screens are coming up out of the dash and things like that. But we can do it with cool little actuators and electric motors and control everything with, with an iPad or, or your phone. And it's kind of neat. So anyway, if, if you're into the Bentley kind of th- the Bentley stuff, um, you like that look. Um, this is this is pretty cool. I mean, again, on the performance side, uh, it, it's got ten piston calipers up front and four piston calipers <laughs> in the rear. That's twenty eight pistons, twenty eight brake pistons. <laughs> it's where's the drum roll for the price? Yeah. Okay. So the hard top. Starts at two hundred fourteen thousand six hundred, and then I don't I don't know what the um, what the convertible is yet. They didn't announce the price, but whatever the premium over the convertible was last year, I don't know twenty grand or something like that. Figure that. So if this is two fourteen, maybe it's two thirty, two thirty five, somewhere around that range. And uh, I don't know how many options are really available like that, but. Um, uh, but it seems pretty well equipped. Uh, it it is it is pretty nice. It, and surprisingly, though, I I don't know that you'd fit in it. I was there with a with a with a press buddy of mine, and he's you know he's six one. You know he's he's not super slim, but he's six one, and he's like yeah, it's a it's a little tight. And we kind of had to move the seat around, and he had to like kind of just move the seat down and back, and then lean it back a little bit, and then the the front seat was literally touching the back seat, and then he got kind of comfortable. So, uh, it, wow. it it uh, you know, so I'm curious to see. I I think you'd probably have the leg room, but I'm wondering if if for a big coupe, I don't know if you have the shoulder room. It'd be interesting. I, I'd be, but I guess I got to think about who the audience is for this. Are they going more after a male or female audience with the Continental GT, especially the convertible? I I couldn't say for sure. Um, but uh, the coupe that they had there was tough. It was done like a bit of silver, almost like a liquid metal, and looked great. And the convertible was done in sort of a white, like a metallic white with some chrome trim, and it looked great. It just you can see how they made one look tough and made one look a little bit more luxury. But anyway, pretty cool stuff for sure. Um, I definitely like the uh, uh, this new Continental. Uh, it will not be into the press fleet until next year, probably uh, second quarter of next year, somewhere around there, maybe. Yeah, probably second quarter of next year. And uh, what it is, we'll get it on the list, and we'll we'll give you a real world uh, opinion of that. Um, but pretty cool stuff. So uh, the next event I went to yesterday was for the Lincoln Aviator, and I was talking about how we we drove the Lincoln Navigator to Monterey. We liked it. We thought it was a great uh, uh, a great. Road trip car, um, uh, pretty good power, good size, three rows. We put a bunch of gear, a bunch of people in the whole thing. and uh, But you weren't feeling it. You were a little bit like – you were feeling like the your uh, your Cadillac was, was a little bit nicer in some regards. I don't know if you felt like drove better or just had more room or just better materials, but you felt that your your Cadillac was a little nicer than the uh, – 
than the Lincoln Navigator like rental you had, I think, in Florida, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, sir. Absolutely. You know, I, I think just overall, I was just, you know, maybe my, my expectations were too lofty for the Navigator coming out again. Um, I just wished for a complete overhaul aesthetically. The drive was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see it being a nicer drive in the Escalade, but yeah. it's a personal preference thing. You know, and the, the, I, I don't like the entertainment system in the Escalade. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Um, there <laughs> yeah. are pluses and minuses for both, but I'm curious to see what, what this new uh, smaller version was like that you went to and saw. Yeah, so the Aviator, this is uh, this is kind of like the size of a Ford Explorer or the size of a Range Rover Sport. However, it, it is three rows. Uh, you, there is a seat in the back. So if you want to put a bunch of gear down, you fold the seat down. But uh, if you want to... You know, you're, you 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 got a bunch of the kids. You're going to a baseball game, or you know, you're going to play uh, something, um, and you got to load it up. Then, then it does have that. Now, they this is actually a really pretty truck. They did a good job with this. If you're sort of buying into the new design theme of Lincoln with that grill and stuff, then then you will like this. If you if you're not buying into the theme, then you might not. But they did a great job. We spoke with the designer. He told us sort of all of his thoughts about what he was getting into when he was doing this thing. And it does swoop down a little bit in the back, which uh, gives it a real nice, elegant look. Uh, the interior was fantastic. There's lots of different um, – they went for, for – for as much as Lincoln can do within this price range, they went for the best technology, the best leather materials – uh, and they're trying to go after, they're trying to go after like the the feeling and the concierge service and the customer service of of of, of like a Rolls Royce or probably a Bentley. They're they're trying to say, hey, you know, you don't have to spend three hundred fifty thousand dollars on a car. Lincoln is a version of this. The brand. What they're trying to do is Lincoln's trying to say we're a version of of a really nice hotel, a great hospitality company, if you will, in the form of a vehicle. And that's kind of what they're going after. So if you get like one of the black label edition ones, they'll, you know, you don't have to go to the dealer. They'll come to your house. You can pick materials and paints and leathers and whatever. They'll deliver the car to you. If you have to take it in for service, they'll come and pick it up and they'll give you another one. So you don't, you don't even have to ever go to the dealer if you don't want to. So I like that they're doing that. Certainly if you're busy or if you're if you're working in an office and you know, and you're saying, "Hey, you know, I got to take my car in today. I don't have time. I'm always it's hectic." Uh, they'll they'll just come. They'll just come to your office and they'll just go and, and grab it for you and take it and and leave you another one and and do the whole thing for you. So that part I like. I like that they're doing it at a price point that isn't three hundred thousand dollars. So that's the first thing. Uh, second is the new Lincoln Aviator has a three liter. V6 twin turbo. It's 400 horsepower and 400 pound-feet of torque. The Lincoln Navigator we drove was 400 horsepower. So in the smaller vehicle, I think this thing is going to scoot around pretty good. Um, And that's basically the main, like the base engine for this. You can get like a Navigator. You can get like a Navigator 
one-up version. I forgot what it was called, Prestige or something or Luxury or whatever. And then there's Black Label, and then there's Grand Touring is a new label to have. And you can get black, you can get a Black Label Grand Touring one, which is all of the options. Um, the Grand Touring, uh, I believe, um, comes with a hybrid system. So now you can get your Lincoln Navigator and two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, and you can get it with a hybrid – and it has an electric motor, a single electric motor running off the transmission. And there's the the car was designed, the vehicle was designed from the ground up to support a hybrid system. So <clears throat> if, imagine under your floorboards where normally like let's say under the driver type of area would be your fuel tank because in the back is where you put your spare tire down in the floor and uh, – you know, spare wheel and tire and, and fairly flat floor so you can put stuff in there. So the fuel tank is typically like under the floorboard of the driver's side. And uh, and then on the hybrid version, the battery would be on the passenger side area. The electric motor would run off the transmission, um, which is kind of neat. Now, the I don't have the full like uh, fuel economy specs on the hybrid version, but – this is what I can tell you is when you do a hybrid version, the rules change a little bit as far as like fuel tank and things like that because you have an electric battery and electric system. So most cars today have some sort of like plastic fuel tank, right? Maybe there's a, a metal shield underneath it, but for the most part, they're plastic, some sort of composite. And uh, and let's say I, I I can't say the exact maybe the the navigator or the aviator has sixteen gallons or eighteen gallons whatever it is let's call it let's just say it's eighteen gallons on the on the hybrid version they have to use a steel fuel tank and the steel being thicker will and uh, and allowing room for the battery is going to be a little bit smaller. So let's call it 15 gallons. So 15 gallons plus a battery for the hybrid and roughly 18 gallons for the for the uh, uh, for the for the gas version. But the the overall range of 400 plus miles is going to be the same for both vehicles. So I couldn't tell you how many miles specifically you're going to get off of the Aviator Hybrid unless you start doing the math. Um, but here's the big difference. Six-liter, I'm sorry, three-liter V6 twin-turbo, 400 horsepower, 400 pound-feet of torque. In the hybrid version, it's 450 horsepower. So you get a 50-horsepower bump with the electric with the electric motor. But But – but the torque jumps from 400 pound feet to 600 pound feet of torque, and it gives and that and that 200 pound feet of torque boost really makes this thing scoot around. So I think this thing is going to be fantastic. It's going to get all of that low end torque. You can put it in all electric mode. I don't know what the range is going to be. Something limited. I'm sure 20, 30, 40 miles, something like that. You can put it in all electric mode. You can put it in not electric mode, and it is a plug-in hybrid. So let's say if you're super close to work and you just you don't hammer down on the gas all the time, you want to treat it like an electric car. In theory, you could. You can take it home. You can plug it in, and then you can you can you know drive 12 miles to work and on just electric power. So kind of neat stuff for sure. Um, and it's it's 
It's gorgeous. It's got a 10-speed transmission. This is the 10-speed we've seen now in the in the Mustang and uh, uh, in the the Lincoln uh, Navigator, and I believe the Raptor has a 10-speed, um, which was fantastic. And then we've got uh, tons of technology. All the little beeps and chimes and things like your your your, your seatbelt isn't buckled or your headlights are left on. All of that stuff, instead of just being generated off of a computer, they went to to the Detroit Philharmonic and they had them play tones and music, and they were all recorded. And so they're actually lovely. Like I, they showed us they they played us demos of it, and it was fantastic. I was like, that's very nice. It kind of makes you not want to like you know turn your lights off because because <laughs> you want to hear the the nice chime. It's kind of neat. Audio system is 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 off the charts. It's a twenty. 28 speakers. There's speakers in the headliner. Uh, it was it's fantastic. They really got it kind of dialed in. Um, and then they've got this feature. I forgot what they call it. Uh, uh, s- s- something with the phone. Um, Lincoln has a, a fancy term for it. Uh, a phone. Phone as a key. Phone as a key. If you guys were listening to uh, CarCast in the past couple of weeks, Adam told his story about. His wife Lynette went out of town, and then somebody left a key on on the tire to the Tesla. And the Tesla has a weird thing about you can start the car and roll it with the key not in it, as long as the key is close enough. Uh, it was a whole debacle. Anyway, Adam ended up running over the key, and then the car was just a brick in front of his driveway, in front of his garage. But then he couldn't open the garage and get his car out because the Tesla with no key was parked in front of it. And it, and then I guess his wife had the spare key like in New York in her purse. So <laughs> it was kind of funny that I showed up to the Lincoln event and the Lincoln guys were like, yeah, we've heard rumors about the uh, the range on the key and stuff being like too far for the Tesla. So we've solved that problem twofold. One, our key has different levels of of sort of its its range. Like when you get within three meters of it, it awakes the car, but you have to be within like a meter of it for it to like unlock a door and then it needs to be in there to start it. So you're not going to leave your key out of the vehicle. However, if you do, they have phone as a key. They have a super cool smartphone app for your on your car and you could you can start it, you can unlock the doors, you can if you don't even want to use a key or a key fob in your pocket, you don't have to. The whole thing is done via an app, uh, so you can never get locked out of your car if you don't want to. And who wants to, really? Um, Not me. <laughs> right? So kind of cool stuff, like all the technology that's going on um, with these cars. Uh, all the safety stuff is super trick. Um, if if you're in a if if you're sitting in traffic. The adaptive cruise control just sort of will drive it for you and then just like inch up, you know, on the way here, I was sitting in traffic. So the car will automatically inch it up, you know, a couple of feet or whatever until the car next to you and just kind of do it by yourself. It's got evasive steer assistance. This thing avoids collisions. Uh, Reverse brake assist. We've seen anti-collision like brake assist. But let's say you're backing out of the driveway and somebody's big wheels back there or the dog's running around. Uh, This camera will, will see it. And hit the brakes for you when you're backing up. That's kind of cool. And the latest generation of active park assist, so basically it parks it for you. Parks it, uh, parallel parking, any type of parking. It does more than just the parallel parking. So um, pretty cool stuff. And what I love is is, is it has this forward-facing camera, like off the rear view mirror. 
and uh, and that's used for you know things like uh, the adaptive tr- cruise control and stuff. But since they're already bringing in this camera data, they can use it for multiple things. So with with the new suspension, it's got sort of a, a, an air ride suspension. It has different levels of ride heights. It has a cruising height, a fast height, an off-road height. It has a load-in height, so it can go down low. You can get in and out of it easily. But because it's getting all of this data from the camera, it can adjust the suspension. So the camera watches the road ahead of you, and if it sees bumps or potholes, it'll prep the suspension ahead of time. Nice. Right, that's kind of that's that's some cool shit. That's some cool uh, uh, stuff. Now, there's a version of Rolls Royce doing this, where Rolls Royce uses uh, topographical maps, and it it sees the road you're on, it pulls the map data, and it preloads the transmission to respond to that, so you get a nice cruising speed. It doesn't have to like downshift and to go up a hill. Like it already it presets it for you. So uh, Lincoln has their version with the suspension. So pretty cool stuff, you know. Um. Anyway, like, that's uh, that's where we are with uh, with with Lincoln. Um. I, it was a pretty cool thing. I'm gonna go check out. Uh, Wednesday night, I'm going to go to this uh, new Genesis event, and I, I don't think they want us to say Hyundai Genesis. I think Genesis is the brand, right? It's 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 Hyundai, but the way that Acura or you know or Infinity is is a is a Nissan and Toyota, uh, it, Hyundai doesn't want us to say Hyundai, but it's Genesis, and I think it's a lot of bang for the buck. Like if 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 you're not buying into a, a label. Then I hear that this is going to be a cool car. I have yet to actually drive one of these, but Wednesday night I'm going to go to one of those events, and then I think maybe uh, Thursday or so I'm going to swing by the auto show, uh, do a couple laps around there during the press days, and come back with some more information for you guys. Um, there's a lot more cool stuff that's going on, but uh, I'm going to tell you guys about Blue Chew. This is Goldberg's favorite ad. If you love sex, you'll love Blue Chew. Go to BlueChew.com and check them out. Blue Chew offers men a performance enhancement for the bedroom. Wouldn't you like to last longer, go a few extra rounds? I would. (laughs) Blue Chew makes the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis. Chewables work faster than pills, up to twice as fast. You can take Blue Chew on a full stomach or empty stomach. It doesn't matter. Whenever you want, just do it. It's cheaper than those others, too, like Viagra and Cialis. It only takes a few minutes. You just go online. You fill out a form. There's no doctor visit, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at a pharmacy. It ships directly to your door in a discreet packaging. I don't care if it's discreet. It says Blue Chew on it. I get it. Uh, (laughs) I'm not shy about it. Let's do it. Blue Chew chewables are prescribed online by a doctor and made in the USA. So Blue Chew gives you confidence in bed every time. You and your partner will love it. Chew it and do it. We have a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code CARCAST. Just pay 5 bucks shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code CARCAST. All right, so check those guys out. Um Chew it and do it. That's right. Really? Chew it and do it. Um, so the other thing that I, I heard about, I have yet to see, is this all-electric pickup truck. I guess there was some sort of event going on last night I wasn't able to go to. Um, uh, Rivian R1T. Could be Rivian? Rivian. Rivian R1T. So Rivian is a 
a new electric car company. I think for them to properly display this out into the marketplace, they need to let me drive one. That's what I'm saying. Like, who better to test it? Just uh, actually, Wanda should test it. <laughs> if you think, first of all, I've seen her drive a, a huge truck up and down that hill of yours, and and she's t- constantly like hauling all kinds of stuff or towing the horses around. I know you both do, but she's uh, she's she gets she uses a truck. Oh yes. Right? I'd be using a truck. I'd be using a truck if Mark Warman would finish it, but you know that's another story. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I, you know, you're you're correct. She uh, has more horse shit in the back of her truck than I ever would in anything that I have. So yeah, she'd probably be better to in the real world usage to push that eleven thousand pound tow capacity. Right, so this is kind of interesting. So it's kind of a cool-looking, funky, very futuristic-looking truck, something that you would have seen, like, in 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 RoboCop. It feels like that. Um, or Demolition Man. That's another good one. Uh, I don't know much about the company, so I don't really know, like, how they're funded or how they're doing it. And certainly creating a car company from scratch is has been uh, very tough. We've seen Tesla. We've seen Fisker. We've seen... A number of different companies try to do this. And I'm not talking about these high-end specialty supercar companies that sell cars for $3 million. Like, they're trying to make them somewhat affordable. So I have no idea if this is going to be a $40,000 truck or a $140,000 truck. But here's the deal. It's an all-electric, I guess, full-size pickup truck. Let's say F-150-ish. Sort of crew cab deal. It is 400 mile range 0 to 60 in 3 seconds and tows 11,000 pounds. I would assume <laughs> I would assume the 400 mile range isn't while towing a giant trailer. I'm sure that has to skew wildly depending on what it is, but um but this thing's cool looking and I certainly like what's going on with this thing. Like a purpose built pickup truck with good range, good power, incredible amount of torque. Uh, it seems like this thing could be pretty cool. And uh, from what I can tell here, the the best range and highest version of the truck will be about 90000 And the cheapest version will be about 70000 and there's different batteries sizes. There's the 105 kilowatts, the 135, and the 180. And uh, and, and so let's say the cheapest version, the slowest, the the, the least range, um, which is which is 230 miles, by the way. So if you want zero to sixty in five seconds and 230 mile range, uh, it's about a seventy thousand dollar truck. And if you want 400 miles and zero to 60 in three seconds, it's about 90,000. So, you know, I, it it's tough to compete in, in the world of F-150s and Dodge Rams and Silverados. But I don't know. Like, where, what do you think? Like, Tesla's going to be making their pickup truck where they announced it and probably took deposits on it so they can build their Model 3. But uh, <laughs> um, but they're going to do their version. And I I guess whatever they were planning, they have to take notice of of this thing and and create some benchmarks, right? So now 
Tesla has to do what four hundred and twenty mile range and zero to sixty in two point nine seconds. Like there's got to yeah, be but, some. <laughs> but 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 as you said, this is a small car company, and we don't know its viability. You know, um, you're right. That's the it, thing. It, is is this reality, or is this just a, you know something they're shooting for? Uh, only time will tell. But yeah, if it's if it's comes to fruition, then everybody's got to take notice of. It. Yeah, so the release date they're saying is going to be fall of 2020. And uh, by the way, the power is four electric motors with a combined 800 horsepower. Jesus. Yeah. I, listen, I I don't hate electric cars. I'm a fan of electric cars. I drove I drove the I-Pace. I thought that thing was great, that Jaguar. Uh, I've driven uh, the Teslas. I like them all as cars. I have some issues with the car companies. I have some issues with how... How you know Tesla has to announce a a truck and take the deposits or a roadster and take the deposits so they can pay for the one that they have like this isn't a crowdfunding thing also I don't like how they can beta test things like autopilot on people and just kill people and not and and not blink an eye about it. Any other industry in the world imagine the pharmaceutical company going, "Hey, we think we have a pill for your headache. It might kill you. let's <laughs> test it on a few people and and then we'll know like you just can't get away with shit like that i just that's so that's kind of a weird thing uh that's that's kind of rubs me the wrong way when it comes to uh with 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 companies like Tesla but yeah. I'm a fan of the vehicles and I want them to do well i I, I hope they get their their act together. Um, what say this is on subject but off subject? But what's it what's it cost to get a personal charging station like it's your residence? You know, I I couldn't say for sure because I know there's some 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 big Tesla fans out there that that have this information. But uh, when you get when you get um, you hook up uh, your two twenty or two forty in your garage, you you wire it up, and then you hang the big charger on the wall. Uh, from Tesla. Uh, by the way, if you if you have a Tesla, you got to get the Tesla one. If you have a BMW, I guess you got to get the BMW one. Um, it's I you know the new Jag that's going to come out. You got to get the Jag one. It's kind of I'm sure there's adapters in the aftermarket you can get. Uh, I'm going to say a few thousand bucks, a couple thousand bucks. I don't know if it's two thousand or five thousand, but I feel like probably twenty five hundred, three thousand bucks. I don't know. Hey Chris, can you find out what a uh, Tesla charger home charger cost? Uh, Chris will look that up while we get into it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Adam has one at his house for for the wife's Tesla. Um, uh, and he's got his wired up, and it, it, everything seems to work fine. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get into like some sort of wireless charging at some point. Um, uh, but anyway, this all electric uh, pickup truck seems pretty cool. And again, our our theme now with our Navigator being hybrid, the electric pickup truck. Uh, and then Range Rover, Range Rover launched the second generation Evoque. Now, the Range Rover Evoque is their small SUV. Uh, a few weeks ago, I drove the the Jaguar E Pace, right? The I Pace is the SUV. I'm sorry, the uh, the F Pace is the F SUV. The I Pace is the little electric crossover, and then the E Pace is a smaller SUV. Let's say it's like a Audi Q1 or BMW X1 or something along the lines of that. So um, the Evoque is is similar to the E-Pace as far as size and stuff. And uh, uh, the new Evoque, which is a good-looking vehicle, by the way, good new styling, 
Um, they extended the wheelbase to give it more room all throughout and a, a cool look. Um, it will be a hybrid as well. It will have a, a Jaguar's first 48-volt hybrid system with a, with a horsepower of 296 uh, 296 horsepower, which is which is pretty interesting. So, um, some cool technology with this thing as well. It uh, uh, it has a two liter turbocharged gas engine, but with uh, uh, with the electric motor. And then they're also trying to get into um, into the world of of recycling and stuff. And and uh, from what I understand that. Uh, the Evoque has like 70 pounds of recycled material throughout its construction in the interior and, and, and everything else. So it's kind of, kind of neat stuff. We'll want to check that out as well. Maybe we'll get, uh, we'll get one of these and drive it as well. It's, it's definitely on the small size, but if you're looking for a cool little uh, SUV for the city, the new Range Rover Evoque is coming out. That's going to be one of the big debuts here at the LA Auto Show as well. What'd All right, find? so uh, for the charger, it's about five hundred bucks for the for the actual unit. The installation is where they get you. It's about a thousand to fifteen hundred to get it installed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, actually, it all turned out to be a little less expensive than I thought. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so I guess that's where we are. And then I don't know. So it's kind of interesting. So we've got a new Lincoln Aviator. Uh, I like that thing a lot. I think it's nice. I think it's going to be a great sort of, uh, of you know, American luxury uh, uh, SUV. Um, there's so much more technology we can get into about this car, but I just got to give you guys a quick overview about it. Uh, you want to spend some bucks, Continental GT. Love that car. It looks great. I can't wait to drive one of those. Um, I am super interested in this in this electric pickup truck, the Rivian R1T. Um, I'm going to go check it out at the auto show. Uh, it would be great if uh, uh, if somewhere down the line, probably a year from now, they'll they'll make this available for us to drive. Um, I would uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that, uh, uh, Bill. To see what what you think of an electric truck. I think you'll be impressed by the torque, and then not impressed by how quiet it is. <laughs> yeah, um, you know. Uh, it's a plus and minus thing. Uh, at the end of uh, at the end of it, you know, you could just turn the music up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it it drowns out the lack of sound. Yeah, it it, it, it just depends on the the just depends on the overall feel of the truck. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, when I was driving the I Pace Jag, it. I was impressed that low end torque that uh, obviously all the Tesla owners have been enjoying um, that that low end torque off the line uh, really made that vehicle fun and it made it just seem just kind of around town zipping through traffic light to light it seemed really quick um, uh, it it certainly felt faster than it probably was um, but it was just a kind of a different experience and it's kind of fun when you think about. Uh, the power that we use in vehicles, you know, like the Continental, we said does 207 miles an hour. I don't know who's going to do that. Um, there's certainly no place that I can think of around here where you could, where you could do that uh, and do it safely. 
But that 664 pound-feet of torque is something that's fun, zipping around town from light to light, you know, that kind of stuff, and just kind of getting in out of traffic and getting up onto the freeway and merging. And, you know, and that's where the electric car, I think, is, is the most fun. So it'd be interesting to check out this, uh, this electric truck. Um, I'm trying to find out if uh, – uh, I don't know what the official website is. Maybe Chris can find it. If people want to check out this Rivian R1T truck, Chris, see if they have a, a website for it, if there's anything out on it yet, just so we can plug those guys. Um, and then it's kind of funny because we're here, we're talking about all the electric stuff, and then Chevy announces that the Chevy Volt, not the Bolt, the Volt is is coming to an end. And I, I, I'm not sure who to blame on this. I, I, all all the social media people and and uh, automotive journalists they all sort of have an opinion on this because everybody seemed to like this car they're like this is the real you know thirty five forty forty something thousand dollar electric vehicle Tesla's been promising it hasn't really delivered yet and this was uh, an innovative project for Chevy and it's going to lead to the Bolt and all of their, their future electric technology this is where it sort of started from. But it's coming to an end, and it's probably coming to an end because uh, here in the U.S., we we love our SUVs and crossovers and love being a little bit higher off the ground. And I think the Chevy Volt uh, being a just a more traditional small car, uh, it, it suffered in the sales department. Um, so maybe it's it's the lack of marketing on, on GM's part. Or the lack of public interest because it doesn't fit our sort of normal SUV world. But uh, you know, it, it was a pretty good car for for being sort of a an early on electric vehicle. Um, for me, the interior was a little was a little weak. But obviously, you're you're spending the money on the electric drivetrain. But can we get a twenty one gun salute for the death of the Impala? <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, uh, but uh, I don't know. It's a pretty interesting turning of the tides as far as that. But uh, I guess we'll see. Um, uh, everyone's going to start announcing all of their electric stuff, their hybrid stuff, their electric stuff. There's car companies that are committing to, I think, Volvo and I think Jaguar is going to be doing it now. They're, gonna, they're saying no more combustion engine only. So you will have hybrids, we'll have electrics, and the hybrid versions can be for performance – but you won't have just a combustion engine. So there's a lot of car companies are sort of going down that route. And I, I don't know. I'm fine with it as long as we continue to have fun cars and good performance cars. And, you know, you love the Dodge Challenger. You love your Demon. I, I, I don't want anybody to ever take that away from me. I still want to drive my Mustang. I want to drive my 5-liter, 5 5.2 liter. I want to drive the Shelby. I want to drive the, you know, the Hellcats. Um, what would I would I be disappointed if if there was a Dodge Challenger with a big V8 supercharger under the hood and then electric motors on the front making it all-wheel drive? I wouldn't hate that. I'm not saying it would be my thing, but I would certainly be interested in it, you know. But if it was the only option, then I'd be like, well, where's my rear-wheel drive gas engine version? And uh, then also, let me go ahead and try the all-wheel drive you know, electric motor, like, you know, the Acura NSX, right? It's got electric motors on the front wheels, gadget engine spins the rear wheels. It's a great performance car. Well, what if there was a muscle car version of that? 
you know, what do you say, Bill? Yep. Would you do would you do a hybrid challenger? Uh, I would certainly entertain the thought, no question about it. I mean, hey, that the fact is that's where we're going. You know, you you can postpone the uh, decision for only so long. Um, that's the future. So we're going to have to adapt. And I I'm open to it, but yeah, give me choices. Uh, do not take, do not attempt to take my uh, demons away and stuff like that. No question about it. to have a choice. Uh, that's the only way. That's the only way I see it. Um, and yeah. yeah, I'd drive that in a second. Why wouldn't it give fit it up shot? in the lineup? You know, you have your V6 cars, you have your V8 cars, and you have your V8 supercharged, you know, cars. And um, I'm talking about the pony cars here. You know, we, we, you know, in the turbo versions, uh, you know, that we're going to be seeing, like, why not have those? Why not have an EcoBoost and then have your, your, your five liter V8 and have, you know, uh, and fit something in between or fit something at the top of the lineup? Maybe, maybe the biggest car is the hybrid version, all wheel drive. And, you know, it's a supercharged V8 with electric motors. And, uh, you know, who, who knows? I'd be interested, interested in that as well. But you're right. I, I like the choices. Um, Anyway, that electric uh, pickup truck is Rivian. I, I hope I'm saying it right. It's R I V I A N, Rivian.com. Check those guys out. And, uh, you know, before we wrap it up, I'm going to tell you guys again about Dodge. Your authorized Dodge dealer invites you to experience a world of performance, design, and fuel efficiency. Schedule a test drive today. Go to Dodge.com or visit your, your Dodge dealer to learn more about the exciting offers on our powerful lineup. I'm surprised you're not calling from a Dodge dealer today. <laughs> uh, no, I, I figured I'd break the trend. <laughs> right? Taking a break, taking a day off <laughs> from the Dodge dealer. What's going on Maybe with Warman in your truck? I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a delicate uh, filming schedule. That's what it's basically turned out to. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's he's doing it on the show uh, yeah, that's that's what screws things up when you uh, deal with uh, entities like that. But um, it's uh, you know, in the end, he's a he's a great dude. I'm greatly appreciative of what those guys always do for me. So if it takes another couple months, then so be it. Yeah, no, nah, he is he's a good dude. I like that guy a lot. Remind us what it is that uh, he's working on for you. What what truck is it? Oh, it's my 99 Dodge Ram 1500 that I fully rhino-lined the entire, every <laughs> That's centimeter right. of that truck to make it indestructible. And we're, uh, we're putting a, uh, that 6.2 uh, crate, crate hemi. Okay, nice. Should be, uh, yeah. It should be pretty interesting. I, you know, I hey, saw man, it. Did I see it? I saw the I pictures. That truck, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, it's a it's, it's a batcher, man. It's uh, it needs to be here on the property hauling wood and pulling horse trailers and stuff. So that's 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 what we're doing with the truck. Uh, instead of driving it off a cliff, I figured I'd make it usable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little dinged up and stuff. And then you're like, let's just turn it into sort of a monster utility truck. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, very cool stuff. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this uh, studio over to the next group and. Uh, Oh, we got uh, more car cast coming this week. Um, when uh, we've got uh, Dan Sandberg from Brembo coming into the studio, so that'd be kind of fun. Uh, he's in town for the LA Auto Show, and those guys are just taking over, man. Just so innovative on on te- uh, braking technology. I know his down the road. He says the future could be uh, full brake by wire. If 
they can do it. It's just about how do you confidently sell it to the public with a fail safe fail safe system, right? You know, if uh, yeah, if you have an electronic issue, does the car still stop? So there needs to be sort of sort of backup. But man, once you start having real brake by wire, think of not just from the performance standpoint, from the safety standpoint, cars will stop oh, by yeah. themselves when they need to, and uh, uh, fantastic stuff. So we got that coming up, and uh, hopefully maybe next week we'll give you a little more uh, LA Auto Show recap. Um, it's good, man. Thanks, uh, Bill, for calling in. I, I know things are always busy. I appreciate you calling us uh, every week and participating in this, and Chris doing a great job. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure, man. Hopefully uh, next week when we when we convene, I'll be driving the red eye. Oh yeah! Oh, by the way, I watched uh, uh, NCIS Los Angeles, and at the end of the episode, they gave him his new car. The very end of the Not. episode, like last week. I don't think it's Not. this week. It was last week, and a uh, uh, new black Challenger, and uh, uh, they didn't show much detail. So I, I've got one DVR because you were talking about it. Like he's going to get the new one. I was like, all right. So hopefully. Uh, the he, it's uh, we get to see more of that, so that's cool. So the red eye, I'm excited about that. What's that color again? Triple nickel. Triple and hopefully nickel. Hopefully, I'll have I'll have the first triple nickel. I don't know. We'll see. It's between you and Trosel, our Dodge guy. Oh, he, he can have it. He he loves that car too, right? Yeah, he yeah. Hey, it, I can't it, say enough great things about those guys. And he, uh, all I can and also. Uh, Get ready to uh, check out the internet because they're going to be running some serious uh, uh, webisodes uh, attached to the Dodge commercial. Oh, nice! Those are so much fun. Uh, they're they're playing all over now, and uh, uh, those are fun to do. So, um, good job on those. They're fun. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, you know, for for Goldberg and myself and Chris. Until next time, uh, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. Booyah! For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.